Gang, since they opened in 2012, I've been talking about the amazing rehearsal spaces and fabulous recording studio at Space Rehearsal and Recording here in Austin. Well, gang, Space has upped their game over the last couple of years and added a couple of new factions. One is a video production studio. Space ATX has taken the major leap forward in their evolution to serve Austin's music community with their new video production department. They're now offering professional video production for bands, live streaming, live sessions, podcasts, and just about anything you can imagine. They've also added a creator studio. Maybe you want to take your TikTok or YouTube videos to the next level, or it's time to stop using your cell phone pics for all of your PR photos. Their newest production room is waiting for you. You can also book their in-house video or photography services or bring a freelancer to get the job done yourself. That's space, rehearsal, and recording located just a few short miles south of downtown Austin. They now offer rehearsal studios, audio recording, video production, a creator studio, and more. Go to spaceatx.com to find out more. And take the talent train from Schmoesville to ProTown with space, rehearsal, recording, and video production. Let's get down. Hey, gang, I want to make a quick announcement. Since we started this podcast in 2011, only the last 20 episodes have been available on the streaming services. You had to go back to the Podbean app or to the website, howdidigethere.podbean.com, to access past the 20, last 20 episodes. Well, gang, big surprise. As of now, the last 100 episodes are available on all streaming sites. That includes the From the Vault episodes. All of the episodes, the last 100 episodes from this episode back are available now on all streaming services, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast. Go there. Whichever one you're subscribed to, whichever one you use the most, go subscribe to How Did I Get Here. Follow us, rate us, leave us a comment if you can, and, uh, and check out the episodes, man. Get out there and enjoy the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here on your favorite streaming services. Let's get down. Johnny, I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys have all had a good week, whatever it is you do during the week. Uh, full disclosure, gang, I'm doing this on Tuesday, this intro on Tuesday, because I have a rehearsal with my band. I have rehearsals with Skyrocket. I'm leaving town early Thursday morning for about four days to play some shows with Skyrocket out of town. So I wanted to make sure this was done and ready to come out for you guys on Friday. I hope you guys have had, have had a good week. Uh, gang, I want to address something real quick. I've gotten a couple of emails. I've gotten a couple of texts. I've gotten a couple of DMs. From people, because for the last few years, I have worked with the Austin Music Foundation, specifically in their artist development program. And uh, and and people are reaching out and going like, hey, what's going on with Austin Music Foundation? Well, um, let me read you what they have to say about it. OK, Austin Music Foundation has paused operations as of August 31st, 2023, due to critical losses in funding to our organization. We're, current, we're currently exploring all options for AMS future. So they had a fundraiser on Wednesday over at Sign Bar, where they uh, auctioned off some of their signs and one of those original Gibson guitars that was around town uh, like a decade ago or more than that. But uh, yeah, I've worked in the artist development program since it started. I was one of the people that started it with Anar Peterson and, uh, and Alex Vallejo. 
And for the last six years, we've chosen bands and sort of like put them through an educational process where they get to meet with entertainment lawyers, accountants, booking agents, managers, uh, sync licensed people, publishers, all kinds of people. But then also we would sort of go into their rehearsals and help them work on their shows and their songs. And then eventually they would go and record two songs with Frenchie Smith over at the bubble. Now, that didn't happen at the very beginning. It eventually became part of the program later. But anyway, we've been developing this program, working on it for for a few years. You know, they've helped so many, so many artists. And the Artist Development Program has done so much for so many artists as well, including today's guest, Natalie Price. She was in our our Artist Development Program, I think, in 2021, around the time when she made this record, this self-titled record that she's on the show to talk about today. So anyway, very quickly, before I transition into today's guest, uh, I do want to say that I, I miss Austin Music Foundation. I miss my friends from there. I did talk to a couple of people that work there like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? You guys hanging in there? But nobody really knows what's going on. Um, I hope that it is able to stay open. Anyway, I want to thank the Austin Music Foundation and Jenny Dugas and Alex Vallejo and Anar Peterson and Kate Priestley and Emily Miller and all the people that work there. Sheila uh, Gonzalez, who's so great, such a great artist as well. Um, all those people that were there and we had a really great time. And I think we were really able to make a difference there for a while. So onward and upward, right? Good luck to the Austin Music Foundation. I hope that they're able to get back on their feet and be out there helping the community. And uh, if not, man, me and Anar and Alex are still around helping artists, whatever they need. The ones that were in the program, much like today's guest, the great Natalie Price, singer songwriter from right here in Austin, Texas. Uh, her, her debut full length album comes out next Friday, September 29th. It was produced by Mary Bragg. Now this record, she went out to Nashville and she recorded with a bunch of great studio musicians out there with a great producer, Mary Bragg. And she came back with an amazing album. It actually features some, some great performances from people, you know, from this area, like uh, David Ramirez sings on it. Uh, Lang Freeman from sounds under radio sings on it. And the song that I will play for you guys today, the song, all we need features the great Jamie Harris, who I love. And I've worked with a lot. And, uh, uh, She sings on this song, All We Need, that I'll be playing for you. Anyway, this record's fantastic. Fantastic. And Natalie's been sitting on it for a while. She made it a while back, and she's been trying to figure out how to release it. She's actually releasing it on vinyl. She was kind enough to bring me a copy of the vinyl. It's great. It is really, really great. The single What We Daydream Now comes out on the 26th. That comes out next week before her release, before the release of the album. And... She's doing a very special release show on Friday, September 29th at the O4 Center with Ruby Dice, who is also releasing a record that day. It's a dual release show. So go to NataliePriceMusic.com, find out how to get tickets. Natalie and I have a really great conversation. Um, We talk about doing the artist development program together. We talk about uh, getting to record together. And we talk about her experience going to Nashville and making this record with Mary Bragg and all of these fantastic musicians and sort of how she's taken her career over the last few years and sort of like directed it in a way where everything she does is the most effective thing she can do, right? So she's having this big release show next Friday, September 29th at the O4 Center with Ruby Dice. Uh, Go to nataliepricemusic.com to find out how to get vinyl, find out how to get tickets to the show. And uh, you can check out her singles, which are, uh, she has a single done, superstitious, all we need. And of course uh, the single, what We Daydream Now, which will be coming out next week. 
before the release. So I will be playing the song All We Need, which features our, our mutual friend, Jamie Harris, singing backing vocals. And uh, you will enjoy it. And please enjoy my conversation with one of my favorite musicians here in Austin, one of my favorite people to talk to, the very uh, kind and talented and cool Natalie Price. Let's get down. Some days you never know what hits you in the face. Was it love? Was it allergies? Falling out of grace. Sometimes you never see what stops you on a dime. Was it greed or prosperity? Or stepping out of line? Ooh, everybody wrestles with their demons. Everybody's fighting to find freedom. Yeah. You were here in 2019. 2019. Do you remember I wore that pink jumpsuit? It was cold because I had a big jacket on. Yeah. In fact, because I just saw the picture. That's right. Yeah. What happened to that jumpsuit? You, you, oh, you I did still some have photo it. shoots with it. Yeah. yeah. I, know, my, I saw uh, it in the photo shoot. Promo photos. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that's your only memory of that? No, I remember I came to the door and I was like, hey, and you thought I was naked. <laughs> it's a little bit, it's, very, I, it's a pale pink. Whenever somebody wears anything flesh colored, I always think they're naked. That's yeah. a true thing. That would have been a really interesting, like, it would have been very off brand for you. <laughs> Definitely off brand. Um, would have been funny, though. Is it the song done where you, where you got drunk and took your clothes off? Yeah. And then, you, but you woke up. With you on my mind. Yeah. I was that I remember the first time I heard that I was like, Natalie, you hussy. I was like, Oh no, it's just on her mind. Yeah. Yeah. This album's great. Self titled and everything. Couldn't think of a title or you thought it should be named. <laughs> well, Natalie I Price. thought of a couple of titles that okay. I think would have been really great. One of them was um Blue Light. And one of them was Magic Mirror. And for whatever reason, I looked up those titles and there was another girl in Americana that had just released an album with the same title. Oh, yeah. And I was like, ah, I don't know that person. I don't want there to be any bad blood. or I don't want, you know, don't want there to be any confusion. Is, you have somebody working radio for this record? Yes. And a publicist? Yes. Did you do that with Kickstarter or with, uh, did you get a Black Fret grant? Both. Well, look at you. Kickstarter was 2021 uh-huh. and that got me to the finish line to get into the studio and get everything mastered. And then uh, Black Fret slash Sonic Guild came through. And that was basically my my PR and uh, radio budget. Okay. That's what the grant was for. It's fucking great. And what? Vinyl. Oh, yeah? How's that? Did you get it already? I did. And actually, I had a schedule, which is... Unheard of in this era. I know. Yeah. Well, actually, it's starting to be heard of. Four months, five months? It was like four and a half months. There was, a, I think the record we did with you guys, I think that was the one that was the longest. Like we didn't get it until just a couple months ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. There is a a record uh, thing that I, like I, I did this agreement for a repressing with a vinyl subscription company and I signed, yes, let's do this in May of 2021 and then I okayed test presses in November of 2021, and we still don't have that album. Oh, geez. So that's coming up on two, two years since I, well, it's like two years now since I signed. Anyways, just crazy how, like, 
at certain they like made an agreement with a plant in Georgia that went under and then under new management. And so this particular project fell through the cracks. Yeah. It's supposedly still going to happen. We'll find out. And what are you doing the one here with uh gold rush? Mm-hmm. They're good people over there. Um, I don't think there's, I, I guess I can talk about this. I don't know if I can. I don't actually care because in some ways I was thinking, I was like, I think this was an elaborate way to fire me. Um, I think the AMF is, go, is gone. Really? But, I mean, I got the call that it was going to be gone, but they're still posting stuff like, hey, this is how you use hashtags. And you're like, really? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I know it's been a little quiet, but, and I. Well, no, I mean, I got, I got like the call. Oh. Like, hey, buddy, this isn't, yeah. Because we were starting to choose the bands for this year's yeah. ADP thing. Yeah. I we was, were in the season of it. Yeah. So, so it's not going to happen next year? That's definitely not going to happen, but I don't know if the place closed or not. Interesting. Everyone's kind of gone dark. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Um, I saw Mary Braggs coming to the uh, Bugle Boy. She will have already been here by the time this comes out, but yeah, do you want to see her? I I need to double check the date. I'm not sure. I would yeah. like to. You guys stay in touch? Did you guys stay buds? Yeah. Sometimes that's a thing. Like, especially when you go somewhere and like that's your person, like in that place. And then you spend every day together, like just working on this one thing. And then it's over and that person's just gone. They go. Yeah. Like, it's a hard, sad thing for me. The yeah. end of a record. Yeah. She, I knew her first as an artist and I met her at Swerfa actually, Southwest Regional Folk Alliance. And I saw her perform and then, you know, later in the after the private showcases or in-room showcases, she came and saw me and I played the kalimba. And, um. By the way, that song turned out great too. Yeah. So good. Really excited Sorry, about that. Um. They called The Island? The Island, Yeah. And she, so I, I feel like, it's not like we're best friends or anything, but I really like her still as a person. Yeah. yeah. And I'd hang any day. Yeah. <laughs> She's great. I like her a lot. And she made, not that previous studio experiences weren't this, but it just was a unique experience with her in studio where I felt really comfortable. And it may just be that she's another woman. And, may very well um, be. I made an effort to be really honest with her. And when I, maybe, maybe even a little too honest sometimes. Oh, like when you didn't like stuff? No, like what I was afraid of. Like sometimes if I take a little long to respond, it's because I'm afraid of this one thing. And it's hard to just say that in an email. I don't know how to say what I'm worried about. What were you afraid of? Uh, At one point I was afraid that the, the album would sound too country. Doesn't. I know. Yeah. There's one song, What We Daydream Now. If any of them were going to feel country, I feel like What We Daydream Now would feel the most country of yeah. the album. But yeah. I, that's it, the one with David? Yeah. Um, that's, that's a great song. It turned out great. and um, But I, I just had this moment where I went to Nashville. I was in Nashville, and it's like the heart of country music town, you know? And we're, So you're scared. Yeah. I was yeah. like, well, I've... Is this going to sound like Trace Atkins? Players. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know any of these players, and... Yeah, but that's where you when you're when you're able to be honest with your producer and just like have that conversation, and they you've and you know I was good about sending samples of things I liked and we'd had conversations, but still sometimes you just wake up in the middle of the night like oh no what if <laughs> this yeah happens. that you how long did you spend doing it? 
out there? How long did you spend out there? Like in a concentrated period of time? I was out there for two weeks. We were probably in the studio for seven days. That's enough time to get attached. Yeah, like five days and two days. Okay. And had to go back in one day. We forgot to record one rewritten verse of one song. Yeah. Did you use a big... We used to... Whenever I've made records, like whole records in one sitting, there's usually a chart <laughs> with all the things checked off because it gets yeah. it can be a mess. Well, we got everything recorded the first time through. And I think day five was when the last day in studio was when I was going to come in and sing vocals. We tracked everything, but it was just the vocals for the song about my grandma. And... I was rewriting that last verse and uh, that was like a really emotional, like I walked into the studio crying because I was so frustrated and yeah. unable to write that last verse or rewrite it. And I had already rewritten the last verse for another song, but in the emotional like craziness of the grandma song that last day, we just forgot to record the other rewritten verse too. And that was another midnight like sitting up like, where's that other verse? Didn't we record it? And it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I don't think we did. And yeah. then midnight text to your producer, like, where's that other verse? And they're like, oh, shoot, we didn't record it. Oh, no. Did yeah. she, Mary Bragg did the did that Grace Pettis record, right? She did. That's yeah. how I, when Grace mentioned her, that's how I found out she was producing. I was like, wait a second. I know Mary. Okay. She's a great artist. Yeah? Yep. Just leave her alone. She's trying to find things to destroy. <laughs> you know Otis the Destroyer? You found a Sharpie. Great. Yeah, she did. Now she's going to make my carpet, my red rock. Thanks, girl. What nice. Thanks for bringing this to me. You were really nice. Has she eaten a Sharpie before? Yes. She's eaten pens. She ate a boot. I mean, back in the early days. Like a boot boot? Like yeah, a like a leather boot. boot. Like oh. she was pooping leather for four days. Oh, that's... Yeah, it was pretty insane. Unfortunate. Like, I mean, she ate so much of a boot, it'll shock you. Um, okay, so uh, so that's how you heard of her, because she she did that Grace Pettis record. She did that Grace Pettis record with all non-binary and, and, and gay and women and, yeah. Women identifying. One, women identifying. Yes, that's right. Sorry. It's difficult to keep up with all of the different, cause it, and it's come on pretty fast. You know, um, I like how quiet you are. You nod. That's always <laughs> that's great true. on the that's show. That's not a, that's not a radio motion. No, you are correct. Tell me about uh, what happened to your show. What happened to the end of your oh. show? Like what happened in Let's Twenty see. Questions with Natalie? Twenty at ten. Twenty at ten. My last guest was Dylan Smith, who uh-huh. at the time was booking for Cactus Cafe. I think he's moved on somewhere else now. But was that a strategic move? No. Oh. Um, I mean, it wasn't strategic to end the show with Dylan, No, 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 but were you but trying to get a gig at the Cactus? You're like, I'll get this guy on, then he'll know who I am. Well, I had the Acoustic Guitar Project showcase at the Cactus Cafe okay. in December of last year. And I finally met Dylan in person, and we had a fascinating conversation about his ideas of... He's really passionate about uh, mentoring students to produce and manage shows. And so all of his, I guess, interns or folks that work with him were students. And he was, it was just, it was a really, I love that when people are really focused on empowering and growing the next generation of leadership. Sure. 
And so I wanted to have him on the show. And that particular show, it was on Instagram and it, I, it's very painful for me to watch it later. It was a great show in the moment, but there were some technical difficulties and Instagram glitched so bad. Like there, the, the difference between the video and the audio is like a full on like seven seconds. Oh Jesus. And so like just watching that video back, like I don't know that I can even go back and edit it. Yeah. Like separate the sound and audio and I, so it's just embarrassing to watch it now. And I already was kind of thinking about fa- like stopping yeah. and phasing it out and wondering if I should make some big announcement. And then I was like, no, I think this is a quiet quit type of a thing. Yeah. So I just didn't book anybody for January and I just let the dust settle to see if anyone would say anything and like nobody said anything. And we'd been dwindling down in listeners or people tuning in because like As everyone people were getting back to people, life people yeah. going out to a place to have monday a drink nights, and yeah, there were yeah, things yeah, that i wanted yeah. to do on monday nights yeah like, i like yeah. to go see chris gage at don's depot and i like to go to the monday night supper club and so it just i had to not participate in things for the show and then no one was really tuning in so just it was a quiet quit moment that was kind of a buzzword for a while the quiet quitting yeah like this is a thing that takes a lot of effort I am doing this in person now. I'm meeting people and networking and having these conversations in person. And yeah. I don't necessarily need to do this anymore. Right. And there's not really a need for it. And no one's really tuning in. Right. And that last show that the, the Instagram technology was, it just screwed up so horrendously. I'm like, I can't, this is not worth doing. Like for me to do this properly, like your show, it's well recorded you do some editing or light editing or whatever you do, like you have it set up that this is, you can put this out as a podcast, but the quality of mine is not high enough that I would put it out as a podcast. So at some point you just sort of, this is a good time to stop. Yeah. So, and I mean, it served served a purpose, man. It was, it was there for a while. I mean, you did it for a while, for a long Uh, time. How many shows did you do? Like a couple hundred? I don't know if I crossed over 200. But you I did a lot. Have, it was about 200. Yeah. And um, I could, maybe it's 235. I could look it up really quick. Stressful doing that stuff. It, I, I don't know how people do it live. I know this. I know there's a person that does a show like this, and she does video, and even that seems just hor- horrible. Like, just the video. Like, anything else on top of what I already have to do to do this show would would break it's that it would literally break me i'd be well, like i'm done, done. It live before wasn't 1000 live i've done no or no the celebration no, right? ones, on Cosmic? Yeah, but those like i do them live in front of people but they don't oh, come yeah, out yeah. for another couple weeks oh that's true that's so true. i don't have that like under the gun like oh shit it's not connecting to oh shit i lost my internet connection you know what i mean like that kind of thing oh i'm wrong i did 253 Jesus. episodes that's a lot though in um Two uh, years? Well, all of 2022, all of 2021, and then from March of 2020. So it's like nine oh. two years and nine months. Oh, you went all the way to like this last year? This I stopped in December oh. of, this, of 2022. Wow. Yeah. So I think I did 175 in 2020. And then I backed down to like once or twice a week instead of every single night. Right. And so it was a lot slower the count happened a lot slower after that. Yeah. And there was that, there was a time, like, I mean, my numbers in 2020, there was a point where I was putting out 
five shows a week sometimes. And it was just like, I had one friend, I have a friend that's always telling me to do less, but he never listens to my show. And he's just like, stop doing so many. No one wants to hear it that much. And you're like, well, you don't even listen to it. What do you care? But I remember just looking at him and going like, there's no reason for me. Like my numbers aren't going down. Like they're, they're going up. Like I'll put out five shows and the show on Friday could have like, you know, almost a third more listeners than the one on Monday. We're just like, people listen to this all week. Yeah. Is that people didn't have anything to do. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, dude, so, I listened to so much stuff during then. It was insane. Yeah. What, uh, what podcast did you get into? During that time? Yeah. Or at least that, maybe let's say 2020, like the, the really intense lockdown time. Um, comedy ones because they, I needed to get out of the, yeah. I was freaking out. I did. I mean, did you, well, I mean, they were like mostly comedy ones. Like, uh, that's when I started listening to, um, um, Conan O'Brien, Gilbert Gottfried. Like I was, I was just like, whatever ridiculous person's going to talk smack. I want to hear it. I think I got into, for a while, I got into My Favorite Murder, oh, which yeah. is like the comedy murder podcast. Yeah, that's a tough one for me, being like a in the world of murder, like yeah. a murdered parent and everything. It's always weird for me to, like, I'd, no, one they, no one in their life has been murdered, right? I don't think I don't you can go to so. a comedy murder podcast yeah, unless know. you've actually experienced the thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. yeah, there's some there's some kind of like uh, it's weird at first detached kind of like jokey vibe to it that I'm like, ooh, it's kind of rough. So they yeah, so it took me I couldn't figure out I had some friends that were like all about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, like the jokey side of things. And I made myself listen to several to kind of get a feel for what's going on. And I realized they they're storytellers and they each recap they do some research light research on a story and then they retell that story right and what happened and the results of that and then in the meantime in between the in-between bits it's like the comedy is the way they cope with the story right right and i was like all right i i kind of get it i'm not really a comedy person so it just takes a little getting used to in that sense are you a murder person? Not, <laughs> I mean, people are murder, I, like I am. I, it's it's weird. A, it's a, it's, I wouldn't say morbid fascination, but I think they explained it a couple of times in the podcast where, and I think possibly women might be more yeah. in, it's sort of like a checklist of like, all right, what to watch out for. Yeah, yeah that's, I've heard it's people a, say that. I mean? it's, it's I've heard like, people right, say like women are more person. fascinated. It. Yeah, Maybe because, I yeah. can like avoid this if I, you know, you know, yeah. don't. If your coffee starts tasting let, like antifreeze a little bit every right, day. Right, <laughs> or like don't yeah. let somebody in at closed time in your shop or, right, you know, whatever. Right. Whatever these circumstances are. So it's sort of like a beware checklist or something. Um, I don't know. But after a while, I never, I didn't finish the series. There was, um, and I was pretty far behind everybody else. Like I wasn't on the current episode. And I think they kind of fell out of public opinion something happened they like i kind of canceled or something maybe kind of because they would like that's weird because it seems like one of the most popular podcast period i was trying to look it up and it seemed like they were starting to get canceled because (laughs) of joke insensitivity yeah or (laughs) i don't know just something about terms that they were using that were maybe outdated terms i don't know that's a fun where do you stand on all that stuff like the cancellation uh, for using outdated terms. I mean, I understand like the N word. 
yeah, and things was, like that. It was like using but, the term prostitute instead of like street worker or something. And it was... Street um, worker is better than prostitute? I don't know. It, but <laughs> Street worker sounds terrible. I don't remember. I don't, I don't think it was actually... Maybe hooker. You're not allowed to say because that sounds the, like a... Yeah, so if it, if it now the term has become derogatory, sure. then they, and I think it was things like that that I don't remember exactly, but I remember reading and I was like, oh yeah, they're starting to get some negative press from marginalized groups that huh. were listening. So I don't know. I I ended up filling my time with other things and then I kind of realized, oh, I haven't really listened in a while. So Did you write a lot of this material during that time? I wrote a lot during 2020. And I thought the majority of the album was, was about 50%. Five okay. songs out of the 10 were written in the year 20. Because it, what's the one you did with Jamie Harris, uh, All We Need? Mm-hmm. Like that one seems like it comes out of that era of, of but fighting. <laughs> yeah, it. I think I started writing that one in 2017. Yeah. And I wrapped it up. Mm, well, the final edit, like I cut the bridge with Mary in 2021. Okay. So, but I started writing it in 2017. I was performing it in a different, a slightly different, like, template, I guess, or right. package. Until like, 2018, I had mostly gotten it to where I wanted it to be, and I was playing it out. And then when she was listening to the song in 2021, she's like, have you thought about cutting the bridge? Like, you don't, I don't know that you need a bridge. And that was probably one of the biggest edits she should, she suggested. And I'm glad she did because she said that. And I was like, you know what? When I play that song live, I feel like I lose people a little bit in the bridge. Yeah. I can kind of see it in yeah. people. Like they kind of like you lose their attention or something. Yeah. And I was so glad that I had been playing it out and I could say that and recognize that. And it wasn't like. I'm glad EO didn't get in the way or anything. And I could be like, you know what? That's a great idea. Yeah. Let's do it. Because I knew that the bridge could be stronger. But I hadn't even thought about just cutting it all together. And right. so now there's just a musical shift. And some Muse-esque ooze in that section, which is really fun. Yeah. You like Muse? I do. I saw that in your thing. And I was like, I don't think about Muse when I think about Natalie Price at all. I don't think about music at all. I don't That's know why. That's fine. Like, they don't, I, they don't, they, they're, I've seen them a couple of times now <clears> live. <throat> they are the band that I've spent the most money to go and see. Really? I traveled to a city, went, saw them in Red Rocks, did the whole thing. Whoa. And that was the first time I'd ever seen them. Because I kept saying they were my favorite band. And I'm like, but I've never actually seen them live. I can't really see them. It's pretty incredible right. life. Oh my gosh. Like, I love the way they use technology. Yeah. They're, they're incredible musicians to begin with. And just the way that they they have fun on stage and they will use technology in a fun way. And I remember at Red Rocks, he wore like some kind of like digital glasses, like sunglasses. And as he was singing, the lyrics were scrolling by. You could read the lyrics on his glasses. Oh, that's... It was like timed perfectly with the, with the music. And I was like, that was... Just little details like that are yeah. so satisfying and like just bump them up like yeah don't you find it interesting like this happens to me like i'll go like fucking eight months or a year without going to like the moody center kind of concert 
And then you like you just see bands in bars and stuff like that. And you see bands in clubs or you see bands in the solo acoustic, someone's living room or something, not even plugged into anything. And you go to one of these things, you're like, oh my God, this is like a whole like onslaught to the senses. Just so I've seen now I've seen a couple of shows since the Moody Center. That's okay. the indoor one, right? And then there's yeah, the amphitheater. There's a lot of sure. Moody's yeah. in town now. Yeah. Um and I saw Muse at the Moody Center and John Mayer last year, I guess. Was it last year or 2021? You like John Mayer? I, or did you go because Tom Meany like, held a gun to like your head like you're coming to a John Mayer. Actually, no, I saw John Mayer in Houston. <laughs> I'm mistaken. But those two shows, Muse and John Mayer, John Mayer has a pretty simple setup. Yeah, Most it doesn't seem his, like explosions are happening with his thing. No, but he does have, he did have this 3D like thing hanging down a thing that they had to build and put on stage and take to the next show and tear down That's and cool. everything. And then on the giant screen behind him, a lot of, uh, it was a moving picture that looked 3d based on the way that it was like morphing throughout the, sure. and it was, it was really impressive for what it was. Like it was a simple setup, but also very impressive. The yeah. light show, the screen behind him mixed with that 3d, like rooftop thing that he had on stage. Um, and then I've never seen him live. So I was really impressed by him generally as a songwriter, as a performer. Um, and then Muse, I mean, Muse is just a whole separate category of yeah. it's a lot of show. And yeah. when I saw them inside at Moody, they built their, their sets are really intricate and crazy. Like I realized that was not something they could necessarily do um, at Red Rocks because it was outdoors. And right. they, there were some things that, you couldn't experience in the audience because it's just open air. But inside, like they had, I don't think they had water, but they had fire, they had streamers, they had confetti, they had the larger confetti too at one point, like the crepe paper like falling. And I don't know if they had fireworks, but they did have booms and it was crazy. It's insane when you go. It was a little, it was almost too much. Yeah. You go and cruise. they like popped out of the floor, and I mean, I think probably I've never seen Taylor Swift, but I feel like that would probably top. You like her? Views, maybe I do. All of a sudden, I feel like I'm not like a John Mayer fan. I'm not. I don't this. I don't. I don't actively. I'm not like against Muse or right. or John Mayer. I just don't really reach for it. Yeah. But I also don't reach for Taylor Swift. I feel like Taylor Swift is making records for someone that's not me. Like she's like, hey, I'm over here, I'm making records, but you don't need to listen to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Taylor Swift has tapped into the super fan. Yeah. Like she knows her audience. And I was researching her a little bit recently. And I guess when she was, I saw an interview where she was talking and it was an interview from a while ago. And when she was trying to make her first couple records, the industry folks were telling her, you know, teenage girls don't listen to country music or something like that. And, and like who, no one's going to listen to these songs. And she like blew them out of the water. She's like, I believe in these songs. And I just, it's just interesting how industry executives can overlook an entire segment of the population well, yeah and then when you finally give that segment of the population something to get behind they get behind it yeah she's it's taylor swift you know unless she does something really cancelly yeah. she'll always be around yeah yeah she's on tour for like three years now right 
I somebody I know went to the show and said it was really good. But they like her. Yeah. And they listen to her stuff all the time. Yeah. There's some albums that aren't, like some of the newer stuff she's done isn't quite my jam. Yeah. But like she, whatever she touches seems to be gold. Like, you know, And she, she does a great job. And she yeah. has a great business mind. And sure. And she really taps into her audience. Yeah. And that's like, that's a thing that I think every musician struggles to figure out. And Austin is a very strange town to figure that out in. Well, yeah, because it doesn't have, the rest of the world doesn't, like outside of Travis County, Americana is not the most popular style of music. I don't, is it the most popular style here too? Maybe not now, but it was. I I mean, rock, I, I don't know. To me, rock is like in every scene because you can do it. Like in a local scene, rock is always going to be popular because you can do it. Yeah. Just like a, a guy with a guitar, a lady with a guitar, yeah, uh, singing at a coffee shop, you can do it. Yeah. Like it can, it you can achieve that goal. Uh, so so there'll always be that on this level. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of does the mainstream accept like uh, four people with a drums, bass, guitar, and singing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's what people are looking for anymore right now. Or just right now. Well, I just now, mean you know? the, the type of people who go to shows in yeah. Austin. Like, seems to be different than the type of people who go to shows in other cities. And, like, who, like, my audience here will look really different than my audience in another town. Like, your, age and Your audience and, here is a lot older. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, a, it's an awesome thing here. Yeah, But yeah. then it makes me, like, kind of scratch my head. Like, well, what does my audience look like in another town right what are the demographics of that audience i i do feel like i don't ever use austin to gauge anything except austin i don't think i ever have like you can be like you know so i had a conversation with someone uh at the beginning of 2020 and i was at a corporate conference for a job and she was giving a talk about how to find your super fans in a corporate setting Mm -hmm. and her background is in music she's done marketing like uh merch merchandise branding and marketing for artists like i think she'd work with taylor swift and dolly parton and these other like big artists and she had taken that experience and translated that into a corporate like way of understanding things sales um and how to make big fans out of people who will buy your products and um, I was really inspired by yeah. this. Brittany Hodak, she's great. She's up in Nashville. And I, of course, was like, so she took music, translated it to corporate. I'm listening in a corporate great. setting and setting retranslating it, music. it into yeah. music. And I'm like, oh, this all fits perfectly together. And it it benefits all of us as musicians to figure out who's my super fan. Like, yeah. who is this person? And she defined super fan, which is helpful. It's not just a person, a fan who likes your music. A super fan is someone who makes other fans of your music. That's right. So they buy two of your album and they give one to a buddy. Yes. Or they take a link and they send it to their five friends from college and like, you have to listen to this. Yeah. You're going to love this. It's amazing. Come to the show with me. Yeah. Like making fans of other people. There's a lot fans. of those here in Austin. And they're easy to find here or not. Not I don't know if they're easy to find, but somebody like uh like Joanna. Yeah, like this is the perfect example of like, okay, this is a person. There's not many fans like that. Yeah. That lady drives to Bugle Boy like six times a week to see bands and then is always at a baseball game. And she has a job. Yeah. <laughs> she's always doing something. There's only one Joanna. Yeah. Yeah. She's really great. There's it's funny that that was that uh I saw that you did a show for uh the my friend Star and Shooter Jennings have a 
a booking app. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Why am I drawing a blank on it? But that's called Stan. Gig Stan. Gig Stan, And yes. the Stan is the super fans. Yes. Named after the Eminem song. Yes. <laughs> and when... I don't know why I think that's so funny. When, why, when I, the way I understand fan is stalker fan. Yeah. As opposed to super fan. But um, when, I, when I asked Brittany about what is a super fan, or how do I find my super fan... She said, well, oftentimes your super fan is the person you were five years ago. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. This is, I know who I was five years ago. This gives me, I live in Austin and, and the people that come to music in Austin, I think are different. It's a different kind yeah. of music town. It's a different, yeah. And um, I was like, okay, I, I know who I was five years ago. I know much clearer today who I was five years ago than when I was living through all of that. Yeah. And so a lot of this album came out of that realization. Right. Who was I five years ago and writing about that? Right. Um, yeah, that was a cool conversation. That's pretty amazing. Um, so now you spent a lot of time waiting to put this record out so you could put it out right because you really went and made, you did something that most people don't do. Like you uprooted, you went and found a person that would be great for you. You took a step in your music that probably was pretty fucking scary to do. Yeah. Sorry, I'm cussing so much. No, okay. I get so self-conscious about my mouth when I'm around you. <laughs> around me specifically? Specifically around okay. you. Well, now also I met your mom. I'm like, oh, she might listen to you. Like, oh, Johnny, he was nice. That foul mouth. <laughs> she was so nice, dude. That was so fun, those couple of days hanging out with you. And that was after your experience with Mary. That's true. Because there was a confidence to you coming in there. Like, you'd be like, no, I don't like that. I don't do, you know, yeah. where you're like, oh, cool. Like, that's what I, I always yeah. wanted Natalie to be like. Not like, I don't know. Is it good? I don't know. I was also jet lagged. And oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. You came <laughs> in from like so Ireland. I was so hard to just be like present and like not too like short. And there was just like no. I was trying to make sure I pres- I had energy for the. I forgot. All, and, oh, Barry's tea. That's why my Boy, mom was there. started drinking that Barry. Oh, yeah. Your mom brought you that yeah, first day. Okay, so God, we, we just so we just dropped tea, in the middle dude. of the story, but yeah, sorry. So, Awesome Music Foundation, Foundation. Artist had development me program. as in the artist development program yeah. class of 2022, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end of 2021, um, y'all were bringing in each of those artists to record two songs at Bubble Studios mm-hmm. with Chris Frenchy Smith. Yep, and CFS, uh, Brendan. Right. And, and Brendan. Yeah. And Brendo. so it was you, Anar, uh, Frenchie, and Brendan. <laughs> Lady comes and drops off her daughter with just a bunch of old dudes. <laughs> and then uh, Scott <laughs> came in and out, I think, during that time. Um, and I we had a hard time scheduling that because I was spending a month in Ireland. Right. And I was, and I was having a hard time flying back because it was right after Thanksgiving. And I don't usually fly anywhere near Thanksgiving. And there's a reason why. Because yeah. you can't find anything under like $1,000 right. to get somewhere. And finally figured out, well, if I fly in on a Monday and I get in at like 11 p.m. And I talked to my mom and I was like, could you maybe drive me Tuesday morning to Austin from Dallas? Yeah. Because like that was the way I could switch around my tickets and fly into Dallas. Yeah. I didn't realize mom, you went through all that. Yeah. And I was trying to make it work. So my mom was going to drive me Tuesday morning to the studio. And I was like, this will be perfect. And so um, I had, um, I made friends with the flight attendants. I was getting real antsy at the end of the, that last flight. And so I was just like standing in the back in the 
wherever the little gallery yeah, yeah, kitchen yeah. area, yeah. just chatting it up with all the flight attendants and they were like, well, do you want some champagne? And I was like, sure. Like, Oh, so you were so, hung over and tired. Not hung over, oh. but like this was the last flight flying in and uh, they tasted like, never mind, this is not great champagne. Do you want some orange juice with that? I was like, yes. So I'm having mimosas in the back. I probably have two. Knowing that like when you drink on a plane, you're like maybe more affected than, and it's, I'm tired and like, whatever. I'm like, it's cool. I'm going to go home and go sleep at my parents' house. And then my mom picks me up and she's like, well, I thought we'd just drive straight to Austin tonight. And I was like, it's 1130. I was like, mom, are you sure? It's just like, I cannot help you drive. Yeah. I was like, I can do my best to stay awake, but I, and keep you awake, but I cannot drive. So my mom drove the entire way from Dallas to Austin at like in the middle of the night essentially he came in the next day at like 11 in the morning yeah we yeah. stayed at my house and then got up and came in <clears throat> well you were a trooper and you could see like you were tired and you did get you did get short but it wasn't by any means rude or or you didn't do any like i don't think you're capable of doing anything where someone's like natalie you know what i mean but um but but also like i remember when you left and we were just like man she's tough like <laughs> Like I would have been the bitchiest like version of myself in that situation. Like, what do you mean sing it again? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there were like, there was, I remember there was one thing that I was having a lot of trouble over. And I think it was with, it was a specific thing me and Anar disagreed about. And like, I could not, <laughs> Of course, it was like, no, sing it differently or sing it more delicately or something for that. a song that yeah, felt yeah. more like yeah, rock. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to sing it delicately. <laughs> and then like we we ended up having cut out everything except the acoustic guitar and there was no acoustic guitar. And I was like, I can't do it delicately. There's no just acoustic guitar. So then A&R went and recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we figured it out. Like it took me a little bit to figure out what do I need to hear to, to back sing. off yeah, the energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I have realized since then, like, that is really important in my ears is I need less energy yeah. in my ears if I'm going to sing with less energy. Right. And so we figured it out and we worked through it. But it at one point, though, mom was like, Natalie, why aren't you just listening to the guys? I remember like, that. Oh, I remember my that. gosh. I totally mom, remember that. I don't yeah. need you to turn against <laughs> me. I was like, mom, this is your first time in the studio. Like, <laughs> chill. Yeah. She was a pro by the time she left. She like got everybody lunch. She's I, like tell the guys yeah, hi. <laughs> I remember. I remember distinctly everybody. My, me and I remember seeing Anar do it, and I remember seeing uh, Frenchie do it. Like whenever we would say something to you, whoever was kind of by your mom and not directly involved with the conversation would literally just turn to your mom and be like, "They're doing this because this." And she was so like, "Oh, oh, okay." And then like by the time she kind of said, "No, this is what they mean." Like I totally remember that stuff. <laughs> She, I don't think she's ever been in a studio before. And so I realized that morning when she was driving me in, I started to get a little, not panicky, but I was sure. like, so I've never met Frenchie before or right. Brendan. It's like, I know Johnny and Anna, but I've never been in the studio with them. And I'm bringing my mom, who's never been in a studio before, <laughs> into a two-day session. I'm jet lagged. And I was like, I have no, what am I doing right now? Like, this is kind of a risk, maybe. And I was like, I think they're all cool and we'll be cool with my mom. And but I don't know it. Sure. I mean, I to understand. Yeah. But I, I felt like it was really important kind of on my, my journey in music. Historically, my family hasn't been super supportive. But since 2020, when I wrote that song about my grandma, 
which is the closer on the yeah. album, um, that's kind of served to be a bridge builder between me and family. And it was my mom's mom that passed. Right. Um, and like my granddad heard it. And when I was writing it, he wanted me to sing it at the funeral and at the graveside. Oh, and God. it just was this big, it's been like everyone in my family who's heard it, the first heard it the first time was just weeping yeah. afterwards. And I, well, I don't know that I've ever written, I've never written a song like that before. Um, and with those kind of effects happening and it happens at shows too, people will come up crying after a show. Like I just lost my grandma or I just lost my dad or, um, and so I think some people in my family who just, who didn't really understand what I was doing kind of started to get it. Yeah. They're like, Oh, like when their sure. heart is touched. Yeah. And so I bringing my mom to the studio, I, I thought through it. In that I was like, you know what might also be helpful is if I let my family in to this process and let someone experience the work that happens in studio. It's not just fun and games. Like there's a lot of work going on and it's a creative process and you have fun. But but it's fun. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's it's, it is. There are problems that come up that you have to figure out and work through. Um, and you have to work together sometimes with people you've never met before. Yeah. And so that was me attempting to extend, like build a bridge again with sure. my family and let my mom be a part of it. So and it's, it's, it's good to see her in a situation where you are respected for your talent and the work that you've put into what you'd like it's being recognized by the people that you've worked with that you're that's working true. with that's a that's an interesting like you're like you know yeah i've had family true. members say that to me like oh shit i heard you talking on the phone with this person and i didn't realize that you can get like like you're that <laughs> serious and driven sometimes because i'm always making wiener jokes everywhere yeah so <laughs> <laughs> i don't yeah. seem like someone that's very serious yeah and I, I feel like it was a good choice. It was a little bit risky, but I'm really glad she got to come. She went, um, I just did the listening party last week. And yes, she, sorry I didn't make it. No, My girlfriend okay. was leaving the next day to that She Rises thing, and I oh, wasn't yeah. seeing her for a couple weeks. Um, so she she asked, she was like, okay, if you see the guys, like, make sure and re, you know, make sure I say hello to them. And uh-huh. so she did Anar went, right? Anar went. Because I talked to him that day, and he yeah. said he was going to go. Yeah, she got to say hi. So that was good. How was the listening party? What was that all about? That was... Like, you had, where did you have it? You had it at a weird place. So Ham has a new office space. Yeah. Uh, Health Alliance for Awesome Musicians. Yes. Uh, they do a lot of good in town for musicians. Um, and they have a new office space on South First. Yes. And in that room, they have a multi-purpose space set up, and they call it a listening room. And um, so I brought in a PA system and basically played the album for everyone. Yeah. Brought in a PA system and pushed play on the album. And I'd also like describe, um, tell things about the album in the process, like things that happened in studio or this is how the album came about. And, um, then I would play the song and it probably, the actual from start to finish when I played the album and was explaining things is right about 50 minutes to an hour. That's good. Um, yeah. And just invited folks in town who've been, who've been with me along the journey and been big supporters. And my parents came and I wasn't expecting them to drive in from Dallas. My brother drove up from San Antonio. 
That's nice. Had some friends drive in from uh, Coleman and Houston, and it was a fun event. And Good. I just like cr- trying to create special moments yeah. like that. Yeah. And it wasn't super fancy, and it wasn't, you know, the room was nice, but it wasn't like, you know, it looks like a millionaire just put this event on. Right, but, right. Um, I created a poster and everyone walked away with a copy of the CD and signed and, um, yeah, it was really a cool moment. Yeah. Um, so I like to do listening parties before the album releases Mm -hmm. to give as I think that's fun and special. Like I want to go to a listening party and hear the album before it's out, you know? Yeah. So I hope it's a tradition. It's good for super fans too. It keeps them involved, you know? Yeah. But people like Metallica and stuff, dude. Like they have a whole like I'm I. You don't even have to like like their. I'm not a huge fan of their music or anything, but their world and their fan world is intense, and right. it's what's kept them going since 1983. You know, it's pretty incredible to see artists who really know how to tap into their fan base and and really invest in their fans. Mm-hmm. It's inspiring. Yeah. Um, so are you gonna okay so this record's gonna come out you're doing I'll, I will have talked about it you're doing a, a dual release show with Ruby Dice who's very nice yes oh that rhymed, oh, that rhymed. <laughs> Ruby Dice uh, is very nice September I see her sometimes at the dog park she's got oh, a cool a cool yeah, yeah. guy yeah. cool dog yeah yeah so what made you do that with her and not it's at the 04 Center by the way and that's gonna be on Friday September 29th that's a great place I, I really it's, like that place it's a beautiful space really great acoustics and a fun stage to play on. Are you doing full band? Because yes. you've been doing. Is Ben Ben's playing guitar with you? Ben's playing guitar. Gregory oh. Hagen on bass. Eduardo Torres on drums. Ben is right now in a car with my girlfriend's dad going to New Mexico. All right. Cool. Yeah. There's nice. a red no barn dance. Yes. Yes. Barn dance. She. My girlfriend works those festivals. Oh, cool, cool, cool. She's um, a prostitute, or sorry, a street worker. Street worker. <laughs> I don't want to offend her. <laughs> she goes out, and makes her money at the music. No, she she handles the vendors and the uh, and the volunteers. Nice. Okay. Cool. Um, no, I was gonna say something. She about... listens to this show too. Nice. She'll be sorry, like, Jenny. Ah, yeah. Um, and I might add pedal steel. We'll see if that comes oh, yeah? together for the show. Who's I just your pedal realized... steel connection? Well. I asked one person that can do it. He's okay. my go-to. And so now I'm like in the land of, all right, I'm asking a little bit last minute for folks I don't really know. So we'll see. I know a dude who's rad. Okay. He's real dreamy. Because that's what you're looking You're not looking for like a Nashville guy. You're looking for like a guy that to add this atmosphere and this sort of like dreamy texture. Yeah, that can add the textures of the album. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, I'll let me know. Um, I will. Done. His name's Phil. He's really nice. He plays with moving panoramas. Okay. Plays pedal steel with moving panoramas. Sweet. Yeah. And he's not like a hot shot and he doesn't. He's like. Perfect. You know. I think for me, pedal steel is in music affects me like violin affects a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. It's I'd prefer it over violin actually. Okay. I just love the sounds. Have you ever, did you, did you, have you ever worked with strings? Some, I've had some cello, I've had, I think John may have bowed the bass in one song on the album, and his wife Liz added some violin maybe in the island and maybe one other song. Okay. So a little bit. Not, There's violin not, in the island? There, 
That's Mary singing on that song too. Yeah, she's great. She's really you guys great. sound great together. Yeah. Um, oh, you and Lang sound great together. I love Lang. Lang is so yeah. I'm so I love glad him. He lent some vocals to this. I just texted with him the other night. He's great. Yeah. Did you know? Okay, so one cool thing about one of the songs, uh, "Give a Damn." Yeah. I wrote that song at the end of 2019 for the Acoustic Guitar Project because I was in the class of that year. Okay. Back when James Jean was curator. And I performed that song on stage. We were at the Townsend before it closed. And I met Lang on stage. Oh, really? That night. Yeah. So we met because of the Acoustic Guitar Project. I wrote that song, Give a Damn, because of the Acoustic Guitar Project. And then we gave Lang a couple songs to sing on and ended up using the vocals for Give a Damn. And I didn't realize it till I was talking to Dave at Acoustic Guitar Project. I was like, oh my gosh. I met Lang at the thing. Wow. And wrote this song because of Acoustic Guitar Project, met Lang because of that. And now Lang ended up singing. It's on my album and Lang ended up singing on it. And I was like, wow, full circle. I love it when that happens. Yeah, that's great. I love him as a person too. Yeah. He's a really talented guy. He's so nice. We've worked on other things too. We put out a holiday song last year. Oh yeah. That, I saw you did that. Yeah. It's super pop. Yeah. Fun. He's a great producer. He's really great. He, does, yeah. he just did a couple, a couple of friends of mine's records. My friend Schwan, my friend uh, Taylor Davis. Yeah, I um, like I like what he does. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, I talked to him. I was I'm selling that uh, keyboard, and he was inquiring about it. Yeah, nice. You want it? <laughs> the roads. The roads. That looks cool. Yeah, it does look cool. I don't know if I have room for it at the moment. Yeah, it's all right. It's also I'm super a bedroom expensive. Out of for a fully furnished space so you could get a nord that does every sound in the world <laughs> including every different kind of roads you can find sadly well um it's pretty yeah it is pretty and it's good it's cool um all right so uh are you going to go out on these are the questions that i have now future natalie i know you got this record coming out you got this release at the 04 center are you doing any visuals for it that's what i was gonna because i saw who did i see last year that was amazing at the show visuals, mm -hmm. we have the light painter. Guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, okay. Just making sure he's gonna do a light show or the it's like the gel lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they, they really do cool. it like the like with the overhead, just like just like the sixties. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Um. So that those are the visuals for the show and for both of us, Ruby Dice and me. Yeah. Um. Okay. I don't think we're planning to do it more than that. Okay. Um. Okay. So the question that I have, you're doing this full band. Uh, you're looking for this dude. I'll introduce you to Phil. Um, the other question I have for you is, uh, okay, so this record's going to come out. We did a couple of songs uh, uh, in 2021. One. Yeah. December 2021. What, the, the AMF songs. What What do you have, like what happens next? Like oh. the record comes out on the 29th. Then what's the next, Natalie? Like, obviously, still working this record, getting out of town, doing shows. I see you're going to Arkansas. Um, going to go to Arizona, too. Oh, look at you. Well, mini. What are you going to Arizona for? Uh, a mini run of shows with a Between guy. here and Arizona? In Arizona. Going to fly out, do like four or five oh, shows. Oh, cool. Do some radio things. and Nice. Like three leaf sessions, maybe. And You're doing Tucson? Uh, I believe so. Sedona, Phoenix. Are you doing Hotel Congress? I don't think so. Oh, bummer. We can, we can, uh, I'll, I'll yeah, show yeah, you yeah. the things I'm doing in it, um, when we're done. Uh, with Drew Hall. He's 
sideman guitarist and also like really well he's become a friend he plays with um ponderosa grove they're out of they're out of arizona as well and i met them at the prize 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 fest in treeport you heard of it i think scott strickland might have just oh is about to do my old manager got me involved in getting scott for that okay cool he wanted me to find him some bands for it and i think i found him scott cool um i did that in 2021 was david green right he's out there david green uh it would take me i've slept many nights since then i have to go and look at my emails but it was it was a cool experience kind of strange in a cool way but they have like it's not just a music fest they have like a culinary and a film and a modeling that's weird i sent them your stuff too yeah well, I did it in 2021, and right. we got third place. And I took um, Ashlyn and um, Nick James from Reverent View as my... No, 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 sorry. I took Nick James and Paige okay, from yeah, Reverent yeah. View as my kind of... Weaver. Band. Yeah, I remember seeing photos of that. It was a lot of fun. But I that's like where Paige. I met Ponderosa Grove. I think they came in first. Yeah. And they killed it. They're great. Um, so, I, and then they were in town for South by this year and I reconnected with Drew and he's like, you should come out to Arizona and maybe write, maybe play a few shows. I can help you get booked at a couple places. That's great. Like, okay. So we'll be, I'll be in Arizona. For so you're going to get out and do some stuff. Now, as far as like songs go, do you have like an army of songs that you've written since you've made this record? Army? Uh, maybe not an army. Maybe not an army, but <laughs> like, do you mean that I've gone into a studio and worked on? Because I've no, been no, in no. the studio to record some stuff oh, since yeah? the album. Yeah. Oh, cool. So those two with um, AMF, um, Monday and Tuesday, uh, I went in the studio and recorded that last September. And then I just did a couple at um, Hi-Fi uh-huh. before it closed. Public Hi-Fi? Yeah. Oh. Public Hi-Fi. Um, and Who'd you work with there? Uh, you don't have to say. I just, I just, I, you can't remember. no, I just, I just had COVID two weeks ago and I've had such a foggy brain. Oh, <laughs> so sorry. I saw that I you had that. Sorry about that. It is, it is weird. I cannot like grasp, I can't find that. happened to me last or, year. Yeah. But I hope it comes back, right? Like, it, it gets, I mean, whatever's, whatever, wherever I'm at <laughs> I like, now, or I'm just either I got used to it really fast. Or, yeah. yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Uh, Matt, maybe, yeah, Gerhard. Okay. Ooh, whew. It's a little hot in here. Uh, so sad to see <laughs> that Jim moved and. Yeah, it's a cool space. It's it was a really cool amazing. Space. Did yeah. somebody move in there and open a new thing? I don't I think, I I think, think it's a, still on the market. Okay, I think a friend of mine was looking at it and was like, "I'm going to slide in there and make this a place," but yeah. I don't think he did. Well, it's a sweet spot in town. Yeah, I had fun recording with you on that AMF thing. We did that one song where we laid down the main track mm-hmm. live. It's fun to do. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Those are bonding experiences. For me, they are. They're like, they're like, after that, I felt like you were like my sister. Yeah. After that. I think we recorded on my birthday too. Was it your birthday? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. it was your I birthday. You're like, <laughs> no sleep. I well, it was that weekend. I'll mose it up. We, I had to come back in for something. Did you come back in for that? There was like a, th- I think I had to come back in to wrap I, something I up. I can't remember because there's so many. There's like, you know. It was on a Sunday. That was a special one though because I, I, you know, I have a, I've, I've, I can openly say it. I have, I have tremendous affection for you, and I like you, and Thanks. I feel like I have a vested heart interest in you. Yeah, like, you've been along for the journey. Yeah, and it's I like you a lot. I think you're a really talented person, and I think you're like one of the nicest people I know. Johnny. I know. Thanks. Yeah. 
well, people are dumb. <laughs> I was trying to find a way to diffuse the, the niceness. People say the weirdest things, too. Like, they'll just say weird. They'll ask weird questions or say or try and give a compliment, but it's also an insult. If You you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're like, wow, you're pretty good for a girl or what? Uh, stuff I hate like that, that one. It's like, in, it's so strange. Anar has one that I can't remember who we heard. We heard it from somebody on the road and we were like, that is the meanest thing you can say to anyone. And Anar is like, I'm using it. And it was like, uh, I love what you guys are trying to do. Like that's so mean. It's like, and it's, yeah, you're not there yet, but I can see you're trying. You no, know, it, and it's like I, you know, in the moment you just kind of like you know shake your head and yeah. like smile, and you're like, all right, cool, I'm gonna move on as soon as possible. And later, like I have to step back and and you see the person in the moment, and you're like, I think that person was genuinely trying to give a compliment, and it was all kinds of things came out of their mouth that felt a little bit of an insult but i mean and sometimes you can just tell a person like all right that person's like yeah not cool or whatever but i I think a lot well i was playing a show that was kind of like a questionable kind of show like it was just sad you know outside of out of side of a restaurant this was years and years ago i was still smoking and i'm smoking a cigarette outside and this guy comes out to smoke and he's like man you're really good you ever think about trying to make it big (laughs) (laughs) no dude like, no, nah, this was I'd my rather, goal was to play this Mexican <laughs> restaurant rather, while you're eating dinner. That's my that's my. Do that's you know my, my name? You don't. I would rather that be the case for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, that's funny. Ooh. Yeah. No, well, even Let, like even people that you know they mean really well too, and you're like, that's not true at all. Like, um, someone posted something on their Facebook page that I was doing, like, or a song. And I went and just like read through some of the comments because I try really hard to like, 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 and maybe comment back at people and just, you know, try yeah, to engage with sure. people and be a real person. Yeah. And there was a lot of, wow, you sound like Carrie Underwood and like all this. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a compliment, but it's untrue. Like, I don't. There was one, you got one yesterday. different. My oh. friend Paul was over here working on the, uh, working on the roads and, uh, I was like, oh, you check this out. I'm doing this podcast with my friend Natalie tomorrow. This is a record. We listened to Dunn and, and I think The Island. And he was like, oh, she reminds me of Angel Olsen. That's good. I love Angel Olsen, actually. He does too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I just didn't get catch the Carrie Underwood. And I did like step back and be like, I don't sound like her at all. But right. she's an amazing artist with an incredible voice. Sure. I, you know what? And I take it as a compliment. Sure. And it's you, untrue, but I take it as a compliment. That I, person's just saying, wow, I really like you like I like Carrie Underwood. I, and I'll take it. I have researched this because I, from the time I started playing out, like people come up and they're like, in the same night, someone will come up and they're like, man, you sound just like Jim Morrison. You're like, Jeez, I don't sound like Jim Morrison at all. And then someone will come up and be like, oh, you sound like Rod Stewart. And you're like, oh, these people just like me. And that's probably their favorite singer. Yeah. So they're equating liking someone with, oh, he sounds like Rod Stewart because I like Rod. They, they, yeah. just, they don't deal with music the way that we do. Where yeah. You're like, I was okay. like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, anyone yeah. in the music industry would never say that <laughs> right. particular person, like vocally right. or genre wise. Yes, at I'm all. Not, not at all. She's very, Carrie Underwood's very country. And she's and her, very, I, oh my gosh, American pipes. Idol notes. Like there has to be she an American just Idol. She wails and reaches, yeah. soars and reaches these heights I will never reach vocally. Yeah. But 
That's a huge. I'll, I'll take the compliment. <laughs> you, She's great. Yeah. But that someone was doing that because Carrie Underwood's their favorite person and they yeah. liked you and they're like, oh, she'll like that. You know, remember that guy Constantine? He was very early on in American Idol. He got oh. like third. He ended up being a Broadway guy. Oh, no. Super nice guy. Um, he was in Houston doing uh, the Toxic Avenger. Like, Houston has a huge theater scene. Mm-hmm. A lot of big productions go to Houston before they before the opening on Broadway. They go there and work their, work out all the stuff. So he was there working on this thing, and he came out to a Skyrocket show with some people. And I recognized him from seeing the thing. I was like, holy shit, that's a guy from <laughs> American Idol. So I went running up to him, and I was like, hey. He was in Rock of Ages. Like, when oh, Rock okay. of Ages opened, he was the Tom Cruise guy. Nice. But he's actually in the movie. Okay. He plays a record label executive. It has the best line in the whole movie. He turns around in a chair and goes, like, they're talking about how great this artist is. And he turns around, and he goes, yeah, but can he rap? And it's, <laughs> it's so, like, hilarious. Anyway, so that guy... I'm like, you know, hey, so we start talking. He's like, oh, your band's great. I'm like, yeah, come here, meet the guys. So everyone's like, hey, you want to do a song with us? He's like, sure, let me see what you guys do. It's like, oh, you guys know Brown Eyed Girl? And we're like, yeah, we know Brown Eyed Girl. But Brown Eyed Girl, there's no American Eyed. There's no like, Brown Eyed Girl. Yeah. It's just a flat kind of like, you match. It's like a, brown yeah, it's girl. more about the attitude, not the yeah. high singing note. That guy put in his American, like he ended it with like, a Brown Eyed Girl. Wow. The whole band was just busted out laughing because we're like, we were waiting for it. We're like, how's he going to get through this song without showing that he was on American Idol? Yeah. 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 Did it, how'd it go over? Did the. It was great. Nobody knew who he was. (laughs) But we did, or I did. I don't think anyone in the band knew who he was. But yeah, it was great. It was cool. And he was real nice. We actually exchanged numbers and talked for a while. Like cool. over text, yeah. I'm glad he was a nice person. Very nice. That's one thing I will say. He's a great singer. Handsome, handsome guy too. Very uh, Greek. Nice. Oh, you found a guy? Yeah. Yeah. How's that going? Good. What's his, What does he make music? Uh, no, he's more on the management side. Oh, uh, managing music? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Does he manage anyone cool? Anyone we know? You? Yeah. No? no, not me. I've kept business and pleasure pretty separate. Work for Ozzy and Sharon. <laughs> uh, he's helping project manage the release. Okay. So kind of like dipping the toes in the water. That's awesome. Yeah, he's great. Do we know each other? Do I know him? Does he know me? You might. I'm keeping a little hush-hush. Okay. That's he's, fine. He's a pretty private person. Sure. All right. We'll tell him we'll my talk stuff. offline. So, <laughs> all right. Tell him I said hi if he if, if he remembers me. All right. Or if he knows me. Yeah. And uh, all right. So, do you do the Mucky Duck? I do. Yeah. We're, I'm going to be there October third and November 9th, I believe. It's oh, Thursday so, night. Cool. Uh, October. They'll both be song swaps. October third will be with. Oh man, I just blinked. I, it's been a last minute edition. Um, and then November 9th will be with Ashley Monocle. Oh, yeah. How's she doing? She's great. I haven't seen her in a long time. She's a yeah. nice person. She's really nice, and she is coming back from the hiatus. The yeah, hiatus. She, I remember her being on a hiatus. Yeah, she's got some really great songs. Yeah? And, yeah. She was on this a long, like, early, in the early days of the show. That's awesome. I think that's how I met her. Like, she came on the show, and then we ended up kind of becoming buddies. Yeah, we've kind of, we've gotten pretty tight over the last year. So we reconnected last summer. Um, 
through our mutual French friend. Um, huh. Yeah. So. Um, are you going to Ireland again anytime soon? I wish. It's not, nothing's on the books, but I definitely would, would in a heartbeat go. Is that where your people are from? Well, I mean, yes, but I've like heritage wise. Yeah. Yes. That and English and randomly Danish. Um, but I think I did some research and I'm like at least five or six generations in Texas. Oh, okay. So like my family's been here a long time. I don't know. There's, uh, I don't have too many interesting stories. There's been a lot in the U S I was trying to track down something interesting and I, nothing. It's like, I'm a European mutt here, here for a while. We all are. I am. I'm a totally European mutt, like Spanish, Italian, Scottish, English. Yeah. Yeah. No Irish that I know of. Well, when I go to England and Ireland, like love the weather, love the, I mean, in Ireland too, like really love the food, just a lot of meat and potatoes and like, I'm happy (laughs) and like tomatoes and (laughs) the look on your face when you said meat and potatoes and I'm happy. It's like literally (laughs) just total bliss. Just give me some, you know, Natalie, (laughs) give her some stewed meat and a couple of potatoes. She's happy. Um, what did we have? We had some kind of toasty or something. It's like a, basically like a kind of a fancy grilled cheese and like a tomato bisque or something like oh, nice. so yeah, good. Yeah. But the grilled cheese, they put tomatoes and onions on it and maybe some Dijon mm-hmm. and it is so good. Tomato toast. So good. Even just a pickle in a grilled cheese sandwich is huge. Oh my gosh. Huge. So good. Do you cook? Um, I do, but pretty simple things usually because I'm cooking for one right. or two. Or two. So I'm more like meal prepping and it's like. It's and not also as glamorous and fun. Out, yeah, trying to figure out how to live in an expensive town. And yeah. so it's a lot of times I don't really eat breakfast is one thing. Like I don't necessarily get hungry till noon or one. And then I was doing an experiment to see how cheaply I can make food. So I was like doing like the red beans and rice at a canned chicken doing uh like avocado toast for dinner but with a lot of extra fun things on it and also in the summer i don't have that much of an appetite because it's so freaking hot yeah i just don't want to eat much i want to eat like ice yeah yeah you don't like (laughs) and carbonated water like i just blow through all the carbonated waters because i just need something that's going to cool me down a little bit yeah a little bit of flavor and Give me all the berries and ice cream and snow cones. I like snow cones. You go With, to that, the Casey's Snowballs? Is that up off 51st Airport? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. trying to remember the name of that the other day. That I've only been there once or twice. It's delicious. The place I usually go is Snow Beach. Okay. Yeah, really love them. You know, who's that? There's eight that. Anar loves that place. It's by his house too. Casey's or yeah. Snow Beach? Casey's. Nice. He's always been crazy about that place. It's It's really good. Delicious. It's tough. It's weird. I was I was reading a thing the other day that like all these food trucks are doing real bad because nobody wants to go eat outside. Nobody wants to stand outside and get like a hamburger. Yeah. And eat it outside sweating. Yeah. And also like you've got they're running on generators, which is creating heat around. There. There's like hot air blowing around yeah, there. Yeah. It's like standing next to a car that's running outside yeah. in the summer. You're like get me away from this car. Get me away. Um, what else is what else am I missing? I can't tell you like this album is so great. I've told you this, I guess, two years ago whenever you played it for me. But um, you really, like, knocked it out of the park. 
And I know that the difficult thing is now you got to follow up this album with some other album. But at least you can enjoy this album being out and people liking it. You're getting great feedback and response that, you know, yeah, all that press stuff reviews. was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we, I don't know. Do you have any, we could talk about specific things that happen in studio or background behind specific songs or um, if there's anything like that that would be interesting. Unless people know this. I find that those things are the things that audiences, uh, that if they don't know the song, then the story doesn't, doesn't matter. Right. But there are some themes that you do explore, especially like uh, there's one where you say maybe it's maybe it's done. Um, where you say that you can't tell if it's allergies or oh, that's all we need. Yeah, that isn't all we need. Sorry. Yeah. So okay, so that song definitely has that sort of like that feeling of like trying to get through these challenging times yeah yeah it it is inspired by the 2016 election cycle Mm -hmm. and we all got really mean yeah i hope maybe not to lump myself in with the we but just generally as a country like everything got really heated if you're my my dad and stepmom don't talk to me since may if if you're not on my side we can't talk we're not friends like families split and divided and of course then heightened in 2022 when all of a sudden we're not physically seeing each other so then it's like all online much easier to 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 take shots at people so much easier and like also even you have to be careful when you read comments on any post because there's there's always a troll in there that's just oh yeah spewing out like excrement in the comments <laughs> and you're like what why are you here why go through the energy that like i've a- had i've had like really rude comments in some of my videos and really one person yeah where most of them are like really positive but then there's like the one person who's like yeah why do women always ruin classic songs and you're like what <laughs> <laughs> when did you cover something yeah a buddy holly song and i was like also i was like sick at home and I like, sure. it, I was like in this like low place. And then I like read that comment and I'm like, I can't really fight someone who thinks that women ruin classic songs. Like that's a whole, that's half of the population that person just dissed. And it was just like a weird, like that took effort to go and make a comment on a video that you didn't like. Like just go find a video you like and leave a positive comment. Like you don't have to comment on this video, you know, like why right. you got to like, right insult all women you know it's just like a you know it's funny because people don't realize like it's there was a guy that used to live uh i guess next door or something and and i saw him when he was coming home one day and i was like hey buddy what are you doing he's like nothing much and he's opening up a box i'm like what'd you get you order a video he's like yeah he pulls out this dvd and i'm like had a weird title and i was like what what's that about and he goes well you know how women and mexicans are getting everything now Oh my god! Whoa, whoa! See you later, man. It was basically like a conspiracy, you know, DVD he had to order from the back of some weird magazine to like that was that was shedding light on what these Mexicans and women are doing to to keep the white man down. No one can see my face right now. My jaw is on the floor. Like what? It was it was pretty awesome. I, I mean, guess. it was it was awesome in that, like, wow, you just openly like telling some dude that is Cuban and like lived in Mexico for four years as a kid, like, wow, yeah, 
I mean, and I, and I, if I step back and really like remove myself emotionally from the equation for something like that, somebody was moved enough in some way that they felt compelled to leave a comment on this video. It was a negative comment, but like they spent time on that. Yeah. And that is a positive thing. I noticed that in the summer of 2020, whenever I spoke out in any way, and I went through a thing where I spoke to a lot of African-American people trying to get to the bottom of where we're at and why, and basically like what what I don't see because I'm not in that skin, right? And even my own dad, like, I mean, just like people, I found that the people that came and and made negative comments on those, they're people I've never seen comment on anything of mine before. A lot of them didn't even follow me. Like they're just looking for, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, I found that the meanest comments were people I'd never heard. There wasn't anybody I knew, nobody who was my friend on Face. They were not friends. You know? I've also found that sometimes it might depend on what hashtags you're using. They're looking for a hashtag. Oh, like maybe that's what it was. Floyd yeah. Or something or a hashtag, whatever it is that you're. I realized I was uh, doing some kind of competition oh. where it was a voting competition. Yeah. And I put some kind of hashtag about like I put hashtag contest or something. Okay. And I got so many spam in my DMs. Oh. I was fielding like I fielded dozens. And that's more than I'm like I don't have time for this to like I just like report and block immediately like I I don't even Yeah. Um but I realized, oh, if I don't I don't need the hashtag contest. That doesn't help anybody find this except people who want to try and spam you into buying votes. Right. I'm like, get out of my DMs. Like, I don't, this is, so in the same way, like, if you, if you put a certain hashtag, like, who is looking for that hashtag? And that really made me think some of my hashtags on Instagram, too, is like, what categories do I want this post to fall into? What kind of person is going to be following hashtag Americinda? Right. Is anyone? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I, Americana is a good, better word than I feel like Americana also is just like it's so overused, and also it's like it's, singer songwriter, like that that thing of like as a style of music. It like you're just like that's not a style of music, like it's just not like it's singer songwriter. A lot of music sounds the same though when you get a one person and an acoustic guitar on a stage. That's true. And so that's true. when I perform solo, someone would describe me as a singer songwriter. And technically, anyone who both sings and writes songs is a singer-songwriter, even if it's pop or... That's what I'm saying, is the guy from Muse is a singer-songwriter, and yeah, so is... Yeah, you to put it in conjunction with another hashtag. Ray Prim, you yeah. know what I mean? Americana, I talked to someone from the Grammys a couple years ago, and they said Americana is the largest genre, the largest number of submissions for the Grammys come in for Americana. So... I just That's had his Golden Messenger on. He was nominated for one of those, Americana. Who? His Golden Messenger. Nice. That's good. Um, yeah. Also, I had someone on this week that was up for a reggae one. I didn't even oh, realize it was a reggae cool. Grammy anymore. I, why would they take it away? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't. Well, but also they don't, it's not one of the televised ones. Probably, yeah, I've never but been. like, there's so many categories. I've never been like a, uh, I've, I've watched the Grammys, but I usually watch like the first 30 minutes and then I'm just like, why am I, I don't, I don't even know who half these people are. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think. The last, I think I missed the Grammys this year, but I've. And also, I, like I think it's them. weird to say this is the best one because taste is so subjective. Like it is subjective, and some people get really upset. Why didn't this person win? Sure. And like, oh, like, it turns out they didn't even submit to the Grammys, so like, right, can't be considered if you don't submit. Um, I don't know. It 
I, I get it's a game just like everything else. It's not, and not, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that um, I, I think artists, including myself, when someone tells you how something works, like that is really irksome and you're like, okay, but I want to do it differently or like I want to. No. And I think that's, I've described myself as a pioneer before, right. like more so than like an explorer. Right. Like I'll go into new spaces, but like I'll pioneer a new path, but like I'm not necessarily going off by myself. Right. Necessarily. I get like that. An explorer. And so when someone tells you, I'm also a historian, when someone tells you how something has been working and I see that it doesn't work for a lot of people, like you have to do these things, but most people it doesn't work for them. Like maybe there's another way. Yeah. Um, but also there is something to be said about there being a game that's played with rules and usually the person that wins is the person who knows the rules the best. Yep. And it's kind of that way with golf. Is it way there's so many rules and things that you can or can't do. And when you know all of those exceptions and things you can and can't do, like you have a leg up on everybody else. Right. Um, <clears throat> and it works that way with Spotify. Like there is a way like you might land on a playlist, but you have a way better chance if you actually submit a song. Yeah. For a exactly. playlist consideration. Sure. sure. And um, there's something to be said about releasing a song on Fridays, new music Friday, you know, like you don't have to, you can release it whatever day you want, um, into obscurity on a Sunday morning at 2am. Like you can do whatever you want as an artist and Taylor Swift could do whatever she wanted and she would still, she has such right. a huge fan base, but so I don't know, like there is something to be said about jumping in to, you have a better chance of getting picked up in certain ways if you follow some of the rules, sure. you know? Have you, have any of these songs been picked up by any playlist? Not yet. There, I noticed, uh, I was scrolling the other day. I don't have like a weekly rhythm of checking everything, which maybe I should have a better rhythm of checking, but I was looking on Spotify and just looking at my profile, uh, from the public view just to kind of see what shows up. And I saw that I'm discovered on certain playlists and I was like, huh, why am I on that playlist? Interesting. And I realized Mm -hmm. like, uh, there's, I'm being discovered on uh, a queer play- playlist. I was like, oh, interesting. What song's on there? And it's the song with Jamie Harris, yeah. All We Need. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then we're, I'm just looking at the different, no one told me I was on it. And so I, or I would have maybe posted about it, you know, but like sometimes you'll appear on something and I notice that some songs are doing better, but I don't necessarily know why until you like drill down and you're trying to figure right, out. Right, right. Apple Music, I do not have many followers or plays on Apple Music, but I'm having more Shazams recently, which to me means it's getting played on the radio or yeah. it's getting played on somebody's playlist in a shop somewhere yep. or the airport or something. Yep. And so that's encouraging when you see Shazams pop up. When you hire a radio person now, do they also service Spotify playlists as well as radio stations? Because it seems like that's, that's kind of, good they're equally as important as, or maybe, I mean, nothing against radio. And yeah. I've said this kind of stuff where people like Kevin Connor have gotten like actively mad at me. But like... <laughs> Do people <laughs> do people listen to it? That's a great question, and I don't know. Oh, Kevin I, Womack also. I can't remember what band he cited. He was like, there'd be no so-and-so if radio didn't work. And I'm like, all right, dude, I'm just asking. I mean, it's a great question. Yeah. Um, I'll make sure and double-check. I don't think I know off the top of my head. Mm. But I get a report on like where things are getting played, and you know, I'm getting played in places I haven't been played before. That's great. So... Yeah, every 
every, I like to say and think that every listen, every play, every listen counts. Um, and it doesn't necessarily return something big for me in one, one stream on Spotify, but it is a cumulative and something that I hope lives on in perpetuity. Like it's a longevity thing. I'm here to play the long game. I'm not trying to like burst through the atmosphere and burn out. Right. So I don't know. We're trying to figure out how to make a sustainable thing happen. Right. Yeah. Well, you're doing it. I mean, you're making great art and you seem to be thoughtful about how you're going about putting it out and taking your time and not being rushing into anything, or at least that's what it seems like to me, which is great. Being calm is a difficult thing to do as an artist, especially once you finish something. I don't, you know, I made a record and then I threw it away and then I made another record and then it took like fucking, you know, nine months or almost a year for that album to come out. And I thought like I was done with that record by the time it came out. I didn't. Are you still feeling good about it? Yeah, I That's love good. it. And I'm, I'm loving finally being able to share it with the world, yeah, finally yeah, yeah. having it in my hands, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like the physical product is really cool. Um, there is a little bit of feeling used to it. Yeah. That, like I've been listening to the finished product for two years now, and which is a, er, a year and a half. Um, so that's exciting. I'm blowing up. I told my aunt I was doing podcasts, like not to call me. You know what that does? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. I just wanted to call and talk to you. Stop your podcast. <laughs> um, well, I'm I'm really proud of you. Thanks. And I'm very happy for you. And I'm glad to see that this record's finally seeing the light of day. From the first time I heard it, I was like, whoa, she hit the nail on the head on this. That's a hard thing to do. It's hard to make a great record. It's hard. Especially when you go to someone, you don't know them. A bunch of people you don't know come in and mess all over your record and... They did a great job. They did a really great job. Yeah. Some talented folks on that album. It was a cool experience. I probably, and they've all gone off to do other really cool, amazing things. And I bet I couldn't afford any of them anymore. Like they're all doing really great things. That's great. Um, And I'm just feel privileged to have gotten to work with them in that little window in 2021. I'm really grateful to everyone who backed the project, the Kickstarter. Uh Yeah. Really excited to fulfill all of the, the final rewards um, mailing out albums this week. I bet so. that's a huge relief, like paying off a credit card or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> like the listening party. Yeah. Actually, that wasn't one of the Kickstarter things, but I invited folks to it. Kickstarter um, folks? Yeah. The There was like an acoustic live stream performance, which when I was trying to organize that, it felt really, you know, 2020, 2021. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, why did I? Yeah. And I, I realized I was trying really hard to keep the rewards digital yeah so that they were more achievable right i um, you know what i'm glad that uh, too i've i've seen people i mean i i've seen some stuff where i'm like there's no way there's no you're 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 going to have a full time job for like 2 years like going and cooking dinner for these people and playing for their dinner party and going to yeah and there were some like handwritten lyrics or um like house show at your house a few of those to fulfill too yeah. but the majority, the biggest, if anyone's looking to do a Kickstarter, um, the thing that was the most helpful was going and looking at some of my friends that had a really successful Kickstarter and the kinds of things they were offering. And then kind of in the same way that if you're doing Patreon or something, like I try and look at what are the things I'm already doing and how can I share those yeah. things. So you don't add more work so to yourself. So I'm not creating yeah. Yeah. 
especially when it comes to shipping things out because there's no guarantee on what the rates are. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know exactly what it costs to ship a CD to the U.S. <laughs> $1.83. Yeah. Congratulations. Did you have to do all the mailings for the radio and stuff? Yeah. Yes. Yes. They still take CDs? That's so weird. It's a thing. Well, I also included... Did, sorry, did I tell you what happened to me at KUTX? And no. I hope no one gets mad at me there. No. But like this, uh, Heather Wagner-Reed was working on this. She's like, man, you got to get you gotta get a CD to these people. I'm like, I'm not making a CD for... I'm not going to burn... I'm not going to go print a bunch of CDs for KUTX. They're like, they're not going to play your thing. So I called Jody Denberg. I'm like, hey, man, I don't have a CD. He's like, cool, just send me an MP3. I was like, that's, that's all you have to do. Like, why were you going to make me go burn 500 bucks? I think there must still be something to be said about getting something in the mail. Because emails, you can get hundreds of thousands of emails. And I guess I'm in a different, I have the guy's number. So yeah, you're yeah. in maybe, I don't have any radio DJs. I might have a couple, but like I, they're here in Austin. Like it's not like I yeah, have all I of the US. Yeah. And so, and, and there is something to be said about you have this physical product that looks nice because it's professional you've had it professionally designed you've had it professionally whatever and it has a spine so when they have it on their shelf they could see your name but also in my one sheet i have a qr code and a website and i'm like go here to access yeah the songs yeah so i don't know we'll see what happens this show is going to drop on the 22nd like the week before the album comes out Okay. For maximum sort of thing. So everyone get out there. Ruby Dice. Does she have a new album coming out as well? She does. It okay. drops also on the 29th. Okay. It's and she's been releasing release. singles as well. Yes. I invited her on the show. She did not take me up on it. Okay. So, so be no, she'll never work in this town again. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, I love her. I think she's probably just busy. Yeah. She's been really busy. Yeah. She also plays with a lot of people too. She does. She's a, she's a tremendously nice person. And she's, you know what I like about her? And I talked to her about it before with her, but her feel is really good on bass. Like, I'd love to play with her. I don't know what drummer would match best with her, but she's really good. She might have some ideas. She might, yeah. Yeah. Um, great talking to you as always, and I'm really happy for you. Everyone get out there and check out. There's a, a, a handful of singles. Uh, all We Need, Done. I wrote down All We Need twice. Superstitious. Superstitious, right. And then... Uh, at the beginning of the week on the 26th, What We Daydream featuring uh, David Ramirez. Come on. Yep. Yep. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been fun. Great being Great having you. Sorry about that. Everybody wrestles with their Gang, that was Natalie Price. Her self-titled debut full-length album drops next Friday, September 29th, and she is celebrating with a release show Friday, September 29th at the O4 Center here in Austin with the great Ruby Dice. Now get out to NataliePriceMusic.com and find out how to get vinyl of this uh, of this album and uh, and how to get tickets to the show. And gang, when you're out there checking out nataliepricemusic.com, don't forget that you can subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you find podcasts, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Overcast, anywhere new shows every Tuesday and every Friday. We also drop from the vault episodes on Saturday night. So follow us, get an alert. That way you know when the secret ones drop, right? All right, gang, thank you so much for listening to this show. Here's the rest of this song, All We Need from the great Natalie Price featuring my friend Jamie Harris. All right. Everybody Have a great weekend, whatever it is you're doing. Let's get down. All we need is love. Some days you
ways you think you've heard the truth instead of lies and then the light shines through the darkness fiction's all you find sometimes you think you know both sides of the debate and there's a fight and you get angry and start giving in the hate Everybody wrestles with their demons Everybody's fighting to find freedom Hey, yeah. Everybody needs an absolution Everybody wants something in Freedom hey, yeah. Everybody needs an absolution Everybody wants something And moves them Ooh, Everybody wrestles with their demons Everybody's fighting to find freedom hey, 